Hey, but uh, today I want to do something a little bit different than what we normally do. Normally I come up here on a Sunday morning when Pastor Isaac asks me about twice a year, and I'll share some great, you know, big, powerful message, and everyone loves it, and it, the, the Word of God is powerful, and it's true, and it's life-transforming, but sometimes you might look at me or look at the ministry or look at any pastor, even Pastor Isaac or any preacher, and say, well, you know, I believe the Word, and, and I love the Word, and the Word is powerful, but you don't understand what I'm going through. Uh, and sometimes we almost kind of dismiss ourselves from the Word of God because we think, well, maybe it works for the pastor or maybe it works for the preacher, but right now in my life, I don't, I'm not sure if it's working. I, I don't see the results of it. And so therefore, we begin to tell ourselves that even though God is powerful and God is true, that maybe the Word is more real for the pastor or the preacher than it is for you. And I want to encourage you today, that's not the case. That's not the case. The Word of God is real and powerful for everyone. And God doesn't show favorites. Uh, he has no favoritism. If He does it for one, He'll do it for everybody else. He's done it for me and my wife. He'll do it for you. And so instead of giving you a, a, a big, powerful message this morning, I kind of want to share with you some stories of me and my wife, what we have gone through in our history together and with God, uh, and obeying God, and believing God, and trusting God in our life. Because you may see the good things that God is doing. God has been so good to us, and so good to move the earth ministries. But at the same time, you may not know the backstory behind that, and the, the obedience behind that, and the faith that's behind that. And I want you to have that same faith and that same obedience today when you leave here to trust God in your own life. So to do that, let's, let's take a, a portion of Scripture this morning. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. And, and I picked this out for a few reasons. One being, last weekend was Easter. And we all came together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure we worshipped him and we loved him. And even this morning, we were worshipping him and loving him. And we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the risen Christ, our Savior. And we come to church week in and week out celebrating what he's done for us. But last week was Easter. Now this portion of scripture is post-resurrection. Post-resurrection. This happened uh, days following when Jesus was again from the dead. It says here that the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Some doubted, and I'll explain in a minute. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. But back to verse 17. Before Jesus said go, and before Jesus promised that he has all power, in heaven and earth, and he's with them always. He's promising them his power and his presence. His power and his presence. Because just before that, it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Now, they weren't doubting the resurrection, per se. This is the third time Jesus reveals himself to them. Twice was in Jerusalem after the resurrection. Now, in the northern part of Israel, by Galilee, he's doing it a third time. And actually, this word that translated doubted is only found one other time in, a, in the New Testament. Now, the words unbelief and things of that nature, that's found more often, but that's not the same word. Because they weren't having unbelief in the resurrection. They were having what's translated doubt. And that word in Greek is distazo, distazo. And it means to have uncertainty. 
It means to hesitate, to be unsure, to be afraid to move in a certain direction. In other words, they've seen the resurrection. They believe in the risen Christ. They had their Easter morning worship service. But now weeks later, or for you guys, seven days later, there's some uncertainty or some hesitancy in following God's instruction for your life. They were hesitant and uncertain. Should we go into all the world? And Jesus says, hey, I have all power. and my presence is always with you. Go. But there's an uncertainty, a hesitancy. And there's two types of Christians, according to sociologist George Barna. Casual Christians and captive Christians. A casual Christian is someone who loves God, believes in God, but he defines success as living a good and peaceful life with, with, at the same time, honoring God. So he wants to honor God, but he wants a peaceful life. In other words, God, don't rock my boat. God, don't challenge me to do anything supernatural or try to accomplish the impossible. I, I just want to go to church. But I love you, God. I believe in you, but I'm comfortable just the way it is. It's a casual Christian. A captive Christian someone a little bit different. They're marked by extreme devotion to God. That it says, according to George Barner, it is those people who they define success as obedience to God despite and regardless of any consequences. In other words, whatever might happen to me, I don't care. If God says go, I go. If God says come, I come. If God says stay, I'll stay. But I'm going to follow God's voice despite the consequences. I'm a captive Christian. I'm under the control of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And I want my wife today to share some stories with you in our own journey. Again, not to exalt our stories over your stories. We all have testimonies. Just to reassure you that when you see a preacher or a pastor proclaiming the word of God, hey, they, they live like you live. They walk by faith like you walk by faith. They put on their shoes like you put on your shoes. Okay, this is the real world that we're all living in. But God is true, God is faithful, and God is powerful. So real fast, kind of share with them, when we came back from Ohio where we went to Bible college, we were thinking God's going to use us to do great things here in New Jersey. But what was our, our initial uh, result of that? So we came back from, New, uh, from Ohio to New Jersey. We heard God after he graduated from Bible college. God was saying, go back to New Jersey and start a ministry. So we came back so happy, excited. God sent us here to do ministry. And we found ourselves homeless. So, you know, sometimes you think when God says something to you, it will be all, you know, this powerful thing. And here we are, we were homeless, and we were sleeping in a basement with our four children. We have to go to a church uh, looking for blankets to cover our children. We were, it was this humongous box, you know, in that nasty Size basement. Size of a loaf of bread, I tell you. <laughs> Huge box. Yes, it was a very nasty basement. So that's all what we had it to have our children and to sleep in. So we were there, and uh, it, it was, I always say, it was in that basement that God really spoke to me. It was in that basement that God really changed my heart. And kind of moving forward from the, the initial start of our journey back to New Jersey here, Back when we were in Ohio, you know, I, I had a big position, a big mega church, TV church, and coming back here thinking God's going to do great things, and we find ourselves on the basement, and all of a sudden, you know, in that time in life, hey, you, you need money. You've got you to work hard because you've got to make ends meet. Right? I mean, we're all living in the same world, but instead of finding this great, perfect job, my wife, on the other hand, ended up working for free. Yes, I found, 
I found a job absolutely at first, and they was they were paying me eight dollar eight dollar and fifty cents per hour. And then um, the time came when our children needed to go to school, and I believe God was saying that He wanted our children to go to private school. So how do you afford that? Like it didn't make sense to me. So we went to school in in, in our area, a Christian school, and they told us the you know the price of the tuition and all that. So um, I told them my situation, and I just walked out very discouraged. So I went home, throw the papers in the garbage, and that, that night when I was uh, about to go to sleep, I felt in my heart to go in his presence because we have to spend time with God. As a Christians, we must spend time in his presence. So I went to his presence and I said, God, you, I know you want my children in the school, but all I have is a, a job that pay me eight fifty. I don't know what to do. And Jesus said, I had a situation like that one. I was like, you, Jesus? And he said, yes, when I fed the multitudes, all I had it was three fish and five loaves of bread. Do why that? And I began to read the story in the Bible. And it says that he looks up and pray. And I was like, wait a minute. I can do the same thing. I can look up, no other circumstances, and pray, believe, Trust God. And that morning when I wake up, I had a phone call. And it was the principal of that school. He said, out of all the children's waiting, God told me to choose yours. And so, in our way, amen. Amen. So he said, come for a meeting at 2 o'clock. So we went there. And our way there, the Lord said to me, you think you're going to receive a blessing, but I want you to be a blessing. Didn't make sense to me, but I knew in my heart what he was asking for. And he told me, they need a Spanish teacher. They're going to offer you a job, and I want you to take it and work in that school for free. Didn't make sense, right? Like, I need this job for money. My family need it. So anyway, I went there, and everything that he told me happened. They gave us a good um, discount in our tuition, our children's tuition, and then he offered me a job. And I was like, I knew it. So he said, our Spanish teacher just quit. So we really need you. So he hired me, and I told him I'm working for free. So I worked one year for free. Because you know what? It doesn't matter our circumstances. When God tells us to do something, we have to. We must obey him. Because he's faithful, and he will never leave you. When he said to you to do whatever he told you to do, and you do it, you're opening the doors of heaven for you and your life. So we need to obey God. Amen. Something I'll share uh, real quick that I didn't share in the first service is, uh, again, during this time, we're sleeping on the floor, and she has her 850 per hour job and not working for free. And I tried a whole bunch of applications. I just couldn't find anything. It was 2009. The economy is very difficult. I, I couldn't really get on my feet, but I was doing ministry. And we did a ministry, uh, an event up in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, this big like, Christian outreach uh, rock event that we were doing. And there was no money to pay for the event. And tickets weren't selling well, and churches weren't donating uh, very much at all. And so we took our personal tax return that we got back in April to pay for the event, even though we're sleeping on the floor right now. But you know what? We knew God wanted us to do the event. With that being said, on the way home from the event, I had an idea for another event in Seaside Heights called MTE's Move the Earth, our ministry, MTE's Jesus Shore, like MTV's Jersey Shore back then. It became a big news story. Oh, it was a huge news story over USA Today, NBC, CBS, uh, even Fox News in New York City called me up 
to go on their show, talk about it. And so they send a, a you know, private Lexus down to pick me up, go on the morning news show and stuff. All that being said, I went on TV, talked about this great event, what God's doing in the Jersey Shore, and then I came back home to my basement, went back on the floor again. We were, we were sitting, I was sitting with the children in the floor with a little TV, watching him being in all over the news. And I was like, if people only know. So I'm thinking, this is it. It's going to explode the ministry. It didn't work exactly that way either. And so I ended up, you know, taking a job at, at a ministry down in Ocean County, working there for a few years, but moved the earth on the shelf for a little bit for a couple of years. It was something I was still doing part-time, but not what you're seeing today. And then in 2012, right after Superstorm Sandy, God spoke to us again. Yeah, when Sandy came, um, we lost everything. So we found ourselves again in a basement. But this time, it was a beautiful basement. We were in one of our friends from church house. And we, our house was swimming in, swimming in water. So we were just in, the, in our friend's house basement. And it was in the middle of the night when I heard the Lord saying, Do you trust me? And I, for a moment, I thought, is that my friend talking to her husband? I was like, I don't want to hear this. It's not my business. But I keep hearing it. I was like, I keep hearing, do you trust me? And then I realized, is this the Lord speaking? And he said, do you trust me? And I say, yes, Lord, I trust you. And he said, seek first my kingdom, and all these things will come out unto this. And so I say, Lord... What is your kingdom for me to follow right now? Speak to me. What is your kingdom for me to follow right now? And my circumstances, what is your kingdom? And he said, go back to the ministry. Move the earth. So I knew God was talking to us to go back to the ministry. So in the morning, I talked to Sean. And Sean said, I heard God saying the same thing. It's time for us to go back to the ministry. And so that same morning, I heard the Lord saying, Go clean up the bathrooms of the church. So see, it doesn't make sense. Like David, he was anointed as king, but he didn't went to the throne. He went back to serve his brothers. And so sometimes we think God's calling us to do something great, and then we happen right away. But God spoke to us that night and said, go back to the ministry. And we obey. We say yes. But God was sending me to clean up the bathrooms of the church. And by the way, when I got there, the people who take care of that, they didn't show up that week. So they needed someone to clean up the bathroom. So it was perfect. And I knew it was God. So right there, cleaning the bathrooms, I, uh, my phone rang. And I pick it up. And it was a lady. And she said, do you and Sean have a ministry? I was like, how did she know? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she go, she said, God spoke to me and told me to bring some, a seat for your ministry. And she came to Sean's office with an envelope and brought $7,000 cash. And that's how we started our ministry. So, so, you know, many people always tell me, Glennis, you have a big faith. And I always tell people, no, it's obedience. That when God told me to do something, I do it, no matter what, because I want to see the glory of God in my life. So I want to encourage you today. This was our situation. Now we bless and we see our ministry growing and all those things, but no one knows where we started from. And I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are right now, trust him. He's faithful. He is real. And he will never leave you. Amen. 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 
So I want to ask you that, that question this morning. Again, we could share 100 stories. I'm sure you can share 100 yourself. God's at work in all of our lives. But just like the disciples right after Easter on that, that scripture from, uh, from the post-resurrection story there, where many of them worshiped but some doubted, uh, some were uncertain, some were hesitant to take the next step and to go into all the world. And that word in Greek was also used when Peter walked on water. He began to sink. And Jesus says, you little faith, why did you doubt? It's the same word meaning, why did you hesitate? Why, did, why were you uncertain about this? I want to ask you today, I'm not going to ask you, what do you believe? I want to ask you, why do you hesitate? Why do you hesitate when God says go, or God says come, or God says start this business, or go back to school, or do this for the church? Whatever it is that God is telling you to do, a captive Christian is one who will obey God regardless of the worldly consequences, regardless of what might come your way temporarily. God is a God of seasons and a God of cycles. He will bring you out whatever you're going through if you simply trust and obey. Trust and obey. So these stories this morning, they weren't for me to share with you so you can think, wow, they're so obedient, they're so faithful, and aren't they wonderful Christians? It's to challenge you and to encourage you. God's word is true for all of us. If he does it for us, he'll do it for you. But what you need to do is make that decision today. I'm not going to hesitate any longer. I'm not going to live in uncertainty any longer. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And whatever might happen, whatever might come my way, whether it's a sacrifice, whether it's a blessing, or whether it's a trial or a tribulation, whatever comes those first few steps, know this, know this, that God has promised that his power and his presence is with you. And if you have that extreme devotion to God, that's all you will ever need is his power and his presence. And you will accomplish what God wants you to accomplish in life. And you will look back 20 years from now and say, man, what a life I lived. I walked by faith. I obeyed God. I trusted God. I stopped hesitating and I stopped doubting and I simply obeyed. And that changed my Christian journey here on earth. So I want to ask you this morning, if you want to truly commit to God, just bow your heads with me this morning and say, God, this is not a, an altar call of salvation or to give your life to Christ. And I pray you're, you, you have done that. If you haven't, I pray that God will draw you by his spirit to do that. But even for those who believe in the resurrected Christ and those who have given their life to Jesus, maybe you've been living a, a comfortable Christian life that's not demanding of your faith. That, that doesn't allow God to ask you to do great and mighty things in his name. Because you're afraid of the consequences. You're afraid of the sacrifice. You're afraid of the possible negative results. But today you're going to make that extreme devotion to God. That extreme commitment. That I'm going to be a captive Christian. I'm going to trust and I'm going to obey. I'm not going to live a life of doubt and uncertainty any longer. I want to step out of the boat like Peter did when Jesus says, come, without any hesitancy. I want to go into all the world when Jesus says, go, without any uncertainty. I want to do what God's called me to do, without doubting, without wavering, but simply trusting and obeying. 
So allow me to pray this over you this morning. Father in heaven, we come to you in your son Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the power of your word, Lord. It's life-transforming. It's life-giving. And God, we come here today as humble servants, God. All of us are surrendering ourselves to you this morning. And saying, God, we want to walk by faith and not by sight. We want to be obedient according to your word and to do what you've called us to do, Father. So I pray right now, if there are instructions that you want to give certain people, instructions about life, about ministry, about business, about finances, about family and relationships, I ask you, Lord, to speak to them right now. We just take this moment of stillness before God while the music is playing and our hearts are surrendered to Him. Saying, God, what is that thing you want them to do for your glory? And now I pray, Father God, that as they make that commitment before you, that you will give them the wisdom to direct their steps, that you will encourage them with your word on a daily basis, Lord. And they will not look at today's circumstances as tomorrow's experiences, but they will know the best is yet to come. They will know that their God is for them and not against them. You have promised them peace. You have promised them victory. You have promised them your power and your presence. And so, Father, lead them this week to do what you've called them to do, Father God, to revive their faith again, to try the impossible in their life. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our time is short this morning. So as we dismiss in one minute, I want to encourage you to not run your cars and not take off and go back home. You've already thought you'd be here until at least 1130. So go outside, talk to your friends from here at Shore Christian Church, get to know each other, encourage each other, and then go home and begin this life of faith that God's challenging you to live this morning. We love you. Pastor Isaac loves you. God bless you. Have a great week. Amen.